Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have a great guest on now. Um, earlier, like say, earlier in the year, I was a, a, a guest on, on his show and we talked about some great things. And I really enjoyed the experience of learning more about his podcast, learning more about what he's doing in the digital marketing space. So I definitely wanted to bring him on because I think these are two very critical areas for entrepreneurs and business owners that are trying to build a brand and build a profitable business. So welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me, Terrell. This is going to be a lot of fun today. Absolutely. Now, before we jump into talking about, you know, your digital marketing company and your podcast, tell us a little bit, what was your background before getting involved with those things? Sure. So I've always had like a technical background. I was always like the technical guy on sales teams. Um, you know, I would be like the technical sales engineer or the pre-sales engineer in different companies. And that gave me a lot of visibility, both into the technical side, programming side, you know, things like that. So that was something that always interests me, but also, you know, the sales was also, you know, interesting as well. I just wasn't part of the, uh, you know, the commissionable sales team. I wasn't responsible for actual sales, but I was always the person that was, uh, uh that was there to put out, uh, you know, ensure that our technical solution could fit into other companies, right? And what happened was I, I just found myself bouncing from job to job, right? I, I kept on getting laid off, uh, you know, or I would quit and move on to something else. And, you know, it's like, you know, here's a fun fact. If you look at my LinkedIn profile, right? No company that I have worked for ever is still, exi is st still exists in its current form, right? The, the, they're all gone. Right. And it just seemed like, you know, I just felt like I was like some kind of corporate killer right? where I was just like where I would be, where I would be in these businesses that would eventually fail, you know, some startups, some, uh, you know, uh, you know, between other mergers and things like that. And it just got to be like, geez, this sucks. Right. And then I started teaching myself, uh, you know, web design and a little bit of, the, you know, we didn't call it digital marketing back then, but that was 12 years ago, 12 years ago, next month, uh, wow. I got fired for the last time. And that makes me certified unemployable at this point. <laughs> and it's really, it, you know, it's really been a great ride because what, uh, uh, what happened was I started out just, you know, doing websites and I, and I did it because, you know, I wanted to be a, you know, real estate agent, right. Or, you know, in a mortgage broker. So here in Florida, the big joke is one out of every eight citizens in the state of Florida has a real estate license, right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, join the club, right? And what happened was when I realized I had zero aptitude for selling houses or selling mortgages, but I did have half an apt aptitude for creating websites and marketing them. That's when I was like, okay, yeah, it's, I think it's time to switch, you know, switch focus. And, and that's really how I got into it. And I really built my business up on, you know, writing the trends, uh, you know, staying current, uh, being able to, you know, provide good service to my clients, you know, all that great stuff, you know, everything that makes a great business and, uh, you know, so far still doing it. And, you know, it's been truly a blessing. Awesome. I mean, it's been a very, it's a very interesting industry because, you know, as I often think that, you know, from a finance perspective, looking at marketing, it's like, you know, the tools and the, the methods and just the delivery, it seems like it's constantly changing, I guess, from a person who's actually working in the industry. Does it feel like that to you or does it feel like, hey, it's the same thing, just a different delivery method? It's um, a little bit of both. I would say 70, 70%, 30%, 70% leaning on it's all the same thing 
right? So search engine, well, let's just take search engine optimization, right? Everyone's talking about, you know, the Google Panda update and the Google Penguin update, you know, where they, where Google would update their algorithm and then, and then all these people lost their, lost their rankings, you know, their keyword rankings for their websites. The search engine optimizers who were doing good work, you know, creating content and doing above board white hat SEO for clients, you know, things that Google approved of, they stayed, they, you know, they never had a problem, right? It's the ones that, uh, you know, try to take the, you know, the quick approach or the backhanded approach or try to, you know, p- you, you know, put your keywords and, you know, and content on all these different sites, even if they were in different languages. Yeah, that hurt them. So every time Google made an update, it was like, uh, yeah, you lost rankings. So, you know, that's what happens. And what happened, uh, you know, what happened is, you know, let's just take like Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, right? They're all pretty, you know, they pretty much do the same thing, right? But they have different audiences. They have different, you know, cadences of how often you got to post and all that. And then along comes, you know, Snapchat, right? And Snapchat's like, uh, you know, everyone's going crazy for it and, you know, posting pictures. Well, you know, and then Instagram was like, hey, I want to get in on this game, Right. And then all of a sudden Instagram is now doing Instagram stories the same way that Snapchat did their stories. It's all the same thing. Right. And the next evolution of that is TikTok. I mean, how different is TikTok than Snapchat? Not a lot. It's just the tools are a little bit different. It's, you know, but it's still people jumping around, pulling pranks, you know, recording, you know, we're just recording all kinds of stuff and okay, well, that's TikTok for you, you know? So, yeah, so I would say 70% is the, is a, you know, things are very similar. You do have to learn the cadence and the audience of each new platform that comes up. But sometimes, you know, like those things don't really come up, you know, so much. So like a lot of my clients, you know, they're more, you know, they're more brick and mortar. They're more, um, uh, you know, where they, where they just want to get the word out, put out promotions and things like that. Maybe they're not so visual. So if they're not so visual, I don't even need to pay attention to TikTok for them you know, and I could just uh, focus on, you know, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, you know, like those big three and make it happen for them. Awesome. You know, cause I think that's, that's, you know, something a lot of businesses probably struggle with is, you know, they hear, a, a, you know, there's a ton of digital marketers that pop up in my feed or people giving tips and it's just trying to be able to sort out like, okay, you know, how do What's a good framework to use to approach it? So I think what you're doing is great. So, you know, you. tell us a little bit, about what was that journey like? I mean, once you kind of narrowed in and, hey, you know, this is what I, I want to focus on the digital marketing space. What was it like building a business around, you know, that focus? You know, when I first started out, you know, keep in mind, I was still working my corporate job when I first started out doing this, when I first caught the bug, right? So I was... Um, my career, my nine to five, I never really had, I never had a job that really challenged me, right? I was always pigeonholed into this, you know, very rigid job description, you know, technical sales engineer, technical support guy, right? It's always has very rigid, you know, definitions of what to do. And what would happen is I would get my work done by like 1130 in the morning, right? And you couldn't go home then, right? You couldn't just say, okay, you know, thank you very much. You know, I'll see you guys later. And I didn't smoke, so I couldn't go hang out with the smokers outside who were taking breaks, you know, every 15 minutes, right? And, you know, I had to find some way to keep myself busy without just reading a book or a magazine, right? And I really just started Googling around and trying to, you know, I taught myself how to use WordPress. I taught myself a little bit of programming. I taught myself a little bit about editing, you know, you know, like sound editing, um, um, 
you know, video editing, things like that. And I did this all for my corporate desk. Right. And whenever someone would walk past me, they'd be like, wow, that Jeff, you know, look at him. He's always, you know, like this on the, you know, fingers on the keyboard. And they, they, they didn't realize I was building my own, my own thing. And what happened was, you know, I'd start getting awards, you know, most productive employee of the month, you know, employee <laughs> of the year, things like that. And I'm like, whoa, like if you guys even knew the half of it. Right. And, you know, at first when I, you know, making your first dollar online is always exhilarating, right? You know, that first dollar that you didn't have to like hustle for that's just, you know, you wake up in the morning and you got an email, oh, you got $500. And it's like, whoa, you know, that's, it, it's a really big, you know, it's a really good feeling. So when I started out doing that, it was like, um, you know, it was just something to augment my, you know, my normal salary, right? I was like, oh, I could take my wife out to a nice dinner now, you know, things like that. And it really just became, you know, it morphed into something more. It's like, wait a second, I'm controlling this. I, I don't have anyone talking down to me, telling me, do this, do that, right? I, I'm doing this on my own. And that's what got good to me, right? That's where I was like, okay, wait a second. Wait, if I can do this for one, all I need are five clients like this. And like, I can quit this job, right? <laughs> all I need are 10 clients like this. And, you know, I'll just, I'll just be set. I'll be on top of the world. And that's really how it started, you know, just trying to, you know, just, I just trying to think of, okay, how am I going to do this? The biggest revelation for me, you know, when starting that journey was that um, it is so much easier to sell someone on a recurring subscription, some kind of retainer that they're paying you every month that you don't have to ask for the money every month. Yeah. Right. Once you do that, then it, you know, it just becomes so much easier because, you know, like doing a website, what is that? That's, you know, 50% down 50% upon completion. Yeah. It's nice. Right. But then you have to go and sell them on other things. Right. But when you're selling a marketing retainer, that that just happens every month. Right. I just hit their card at the first of the month and it's all good. You know, and some of these clients have been with me for years and it's been, you know, in that respect, it's been great. So I will almost always favor the, you know, the recurring model over the um, over the project model. And as a matter of fact, I don't really take on projects so much anymore. Like if there isn't a recurring component to it, not interested, you know, Absolutely. let's move on because it's just not you know, it just sucks up too much time. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think, you know, there's a couple of things that you said that I, I thought were very interesting. I think on that part about, you know, when, when after you make your, your first deal and you start doing the math of like, man, five more of these. And it's like, this is where I can be. And, you know, as a finance person, that's what I really enjoy with working with um, other business owners. It's just, you know, drawing out that math because I think that's where, the light bulb starts to come on to people like that. They start seeing like, well, this can be something if I just do this five more times. I mean, I, I think that's exciting. And, you know, one of the things I'm curious about is, you know, as you started to, you know, really narrow in on, like I said, the, the recurring model, I guess, did you have any emotional pull between project the recurring or I guess, because when I talk to some people, you know, they, they get to that point where they see that, yes, like you said, it's easier, it's more fluid for them to do the recurring, but it's like a part of them, there's this emotional pull where they don't want to completely walk away from the project or was that kind of like a clean decision for you? No, it's never clean. It's always dirty. It's always vexing. It's always going to bug you, right? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those, and you, you know, part of it is shiny object syndrome right? You know, someone dangles, you know, like a big project your way and oh, you know, like I'm a little short this month on money. You know, this project could really save the month. That's the thing, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, 
yeah, you know, you really need to make, you know, your decision based on how you'll be able to service this client if you have to disengage from the recurring stuff in order to handle this one-time project, right? So I would say, um, yeah, it's a decision. It's not an easy decision to make. Um, I still do price some projects where like the, you know, like the website is the project, but then right afterwards, the marketing part kicks off, right? So there is, you know, part of that component. I think what more or less what happens is that you really need to pick and choose, you know, the types of projects that you do that way. You need to make sure that you're able to deliver. You need to make sure that your client is, for example, is able to, to give you the right information, you know, that you need in order to complete your job. I have one job right now that I started back in, uh, that I started back in March and we're still not done with it. Right. Why? You know, it's like every time I ask these, you know, I ask them, I'm like, okay, you know, like, um, I need the content for this particular page. Okay. Yeah. Jeff, we'll send it to you three weeks go by, <laughs> you know? And it's like, you know, dude, you know, it's, you know, it's time to, you know, it's time to move up. And what are you going to do? You're going to threaten them. You're going to tell them, Hey, I'm going to take the whole site down. If you don't, uh, if you don't pay me up front, you know, so it's, you know, it, it, it's not always so easy to do that because you do have some external forces working against you. Right. But um, I think that striving for the recurring model is, at least in my opinion, the smarter way to go. And if you do need to take on projects in order to backfill, you know, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, but again, I mean, you do you because you need to figure out if you're able to truly service that client and continue servicing all the other clients that, that are paying you recurring as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to talk um, about, you know, the podcast. So how did you get into that route? Because like I said, I really enjoyed the podcast. I mean, I, I think yeah, yep, definitely great message, great quality there. So how did that journey unfold? You know, this is my second podcast. The first one I started with a partner um, about seven, eight years ago, it was called the blog, this podcast, we got to five episodes and then stopped, you know, she ended up having, you know, some family stuff that she needed to take care of. I didn't have, you know, my divorce started and it was like, ah, that sucks. Gotcha. Right. And then when I started to, um, you know, to pick this thing up on my own, I really wanted to find something that uh, had legs that mm -hmm. wouldn't be super niche that, you know, only three or four people would be interested in. At the same time, I knew I wanted it to be, I, I knew I wanted it to fit my schedule and my way of thinking, right? So I personally don't enjoy, you know, um, you know, like a hour, hour and a half long interviews, you know, so I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to do, we're going to talk about one thing, the one big tip, right? And I, it, you know, and that's my filter. I, you know, I make people articulate even before we get on the phone uh, to tell me what is their one big tip. And it's got to be something that's actionable, measurable, tangible, something that you can use. Right. So the vibe I'm going for is I learned something today. Right. Um, it's not a mindset, not a dream. It's not an aspiration. You know, uh, you, you know, I try to stay away from the woo woo people are just like, oh, you just need to manifest yourself. Like, no, I, you know, that's not a one big tip. Right. Um, and what it came in, it, it, and what happened was the trajectory for this. I, um, it, the, so we're recording this in December. The podcast is exactly one year old at this point. Um, at first, I was like, how the hell am I going to get four people a month to talk to me? Right. And that was like my biggest thing. Like, how am I going to make that happen? 
right? Because I was really, because I knew consistency is key, right? You got to really put that out there. And, you know, and okay, I found four people, you know, friends and family and things like that. And then I found a few more and then a few more, four turned to 10, 10 turned to 20, 20 turned to 40, 40 turned to 60. And I'm like, wait a second, there's only 52 weeks in a year. How am I going to, you know, I already recorded ahead, you know, so far. And then I was like, okay, I got to change the cadence to twice where I'm releasing twice a week. And I did that. And then the people still kept on coming. Right. And, you know, even now I'm recording about, uh, about nine, 10 months ahead and I'm like, okay, wait a second, you know, like, where's this going? Right. And the cool thing about it is that there is, and I guarantee you this, there is no better networking tool, right? You have the opportunity to interview your potential clients. You have the opportunity to, to talk about yourself and your business. You, and if you position yourself, right, you have the opportunity to, you know, to pitch, you know, the guests on, you know, like not, not on the recorded part of your show, but, you know, but afterwards it's like, oh, Hey, you know, like, what do you do? How do you do that? Right. And you could talk about what, well, you know, well, you know, I talk about financial matters or I do website design or I do things like that. And what happens is that it, it becomes this, it becomes this tool and it just broadens your network. Right. Yeah. And not only does it broaden your network, it also puts a, you know, it establishes your authority, right? Like, like I have authority now, you know, where people come to me and they're like, oh, you, hey, you know, Jeff's a really great podcaster. And for the longest time, the longest time, meaning up until like two months ago, I didn't even think of myself as a pro podcaster. Right. I was just like, you know, it almost felt hobbyish, you know, yeah. to me. And, you know, there were a couple of times I wanted to quit and there were a couple of times I'm, like, eh, I'm not feeling it, you know, but I plowed through. You know, but then all of a sudden people start coming to me, coming to me for advice. You know, Jeff, you have this great podcast. You released 80 episodes already, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you don't know the half of it. I recorded 160, right? And literally the half of it, right? And what happened was it was like, you know, once you start to accept it, it's like, well, okay, yeah, I am farther ahead than other people, right? So that does put me in a position of authority. That does put me in a position of being able to, you know, to pay it forward in other ways, you know, being able to help other people, you know, achieve their dreams. Right. And I think one of the biggest, the biggest revelations for me for a, having a podcast is the vanity metrics, how many downloads, how many, how many listens, you know, how many, all that, none of that matters. Right. I, I found like almost, almost nobody asks me, you know, like how many downloads, how, how, how big is your audience? You know, it's like, you know, it's, it, it, it feels kind of fake. It feels kind of disingenuous uh, just talking about it, but I don't podcast. I don't record to hear myself, to hear myself talk or to hear myself think I do it because it is an excellent networking tool where I get to nerd out on business advice with all kinds of different people. Right. And that for me, like that for me is it. And then when I get feedback saying, Hey, I listened to this particular episode. I really like the message. Thank you so much for putting it out. Like, that's it. I'm done. Game, you know, game over. This is, this is exactly why I did it. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I so agree with that. I mean, there's, there's a lot to that, that, you know, I think just being able to focus in on that value of being able to network. I think that's something that a lot of people that are doing podcasts, I look at, you know, focus just on the vanity metrics. I think they miss that part of, you know, it's a great tool for that. I mean, because like I said, you get to have a true conversation and develop a true rapport and relationship with the guests. So I, I so agree with that. Now, when it comes down to the podcast, where can people find it? 
Sure. So uh, you can find it on uh, on on the Apple Podcasts, on Google, on Stitcher, Spotify, like like all those uh, uh, all those great venues. Uh, you can find it there. It's called the One Big Tip Podcast. Um, also on my website, uh, jeffmendelson.com. There's a link up on the top. You'll see all the show notes and you know the uh, 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 you know the blog posts that explain a little bit more. You know, contact information for all the guests. Like it's all there for you to see. Awesome. Awesome. And then for your, your digital marketing services, um, how can people get in touch with you or how can they follow you on social media to find out more about that? Sure. So probably the best is LinkedIn, right? Uh, so if you just look up Jeff Mendelson, you know, see my picture there and see all the stuff that I'm putting out and, you know, just message me there. I get back to everybody. I love paying it forward. I, you know, like I said, I love nerding out about this stuff. And, um, you know, on the Jeff Mendelson site is a lot more information about the types of, uh, about the types of services that we do. We do, uh, podcast production services so that, you know, we do the editing, all you got to do is record, you know, we also do the like local search, uh, paid ads, you, um, uh, content marketing, social media management, all that great stuff that you would expect from a good agency. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up one, well, I guess she's a two questions that I would like to ask um, because I really like, you know, all the guests to get value out of, uh, out of the guests' perspective and all the guests have different specialties. And so um, the first one would be on the podcasting. So what's one tip that you would give to others trying to develop or go into podcasting? Um, this is going to sound so cliche. You're probably going to shoot me. <laughs> right. But it's, you know, just do it. Right. And it's, you know, just get started. And I'll tell you why. First of all, um, everyone starts with zero followers. Right. And this is not, you know, no one's going to come out of the gate being a Joe Rogan or Adam Carolla or, or Howard Stern, you know, people that have, you know, massive audiences. That is not what this is about. I mean, if that's what you're about, you know, you're going after the, you know, you're going after the, uh, you know, the monetization of it, of the actual show. And if you have the talent to make that happen, God bless you. You know, I wish you the best amount of success. The fact of the matter is for people to, to establish authority and to network with their core customers, a podcast is a fun, easy way to meet to meet new people, to meet your prospects and to get a conversation with the decision makers without going through all the gatekeepers, right? And what happens is that, you know, you're doing it in a non-threatening way. And, you know, podcasting is not a skill that needs to be learned, right? You're already good in sales. You're already good in getting customers. Like you, you've already done this. You already have a business going on, right? So the fact that you are now recording the conversation is actually just, uh, it, that's just a technical switch that you just, you know, turned up and, you know, and that's it. So as cliche as it sounds, just get started, right? Try to have some kind of unifying theme around it, obviously, right? But, um, you know, the, you know, the technical parts of actually getting it out there are, the, the hurdles are not big and anyone can do it. it the, the industry itself, the, the medium of podcasting is still in its virgin state right? It's still, you know, it hasn't been fully exploited yet, even though there's a, like a million plus podcasts on iTunes, for example, not all of them are active, right? There's only a small percentage of ones that are active. And if you can stay active on it, 
then you're already farther ahead than 70% of the people that are, that have come onto, onto podcasting before you. Awesome. Awesome. And now the second question is, you know, when you think about the digital marketing, what's one tip that you would give business owners when it comes to digital marketing? You know, that's a really big question because the whole idea of digital marketing is like, you know, it's like a whole industry, right? Um, I would say this for brick and mortar businesses. I'll I'll tell you a quick story. We're driving down, we're driving down the street and my girl said that uh, they were hungry and they wanted sushi. I'm like, great. Use your phone and find me the closest sushi restaurant. Right. And it just so happened. I pulled up to a stoplight and they told me, oh, Papa, there's a sushi restaurant. I don't know, three blocks ahead. I'm like, okay, great. But I happened to look right. And there was a sushi restaurant right there. I'm like, well, (laughs) and I'm like, well, wait a second. How come you, how come like, why not this one? They're like, oh, it didn't show on the map. (laughs) There you go. Right. If you're not online, (laughs) right. If you're not online, you are practically invisible. Right. And, um, I wish more people would understand that detail, right? Because, you know, they go and invest, you know, you know, $50,000, building out a store, building out a restaurant, whatever. And if you don't get in, if you don't deal with the, you know, with the digital part, this is how people find you all the way from dog groomers, to restaurants, to professionals, to consultants, to life coaches, to everybody. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be out there now to answer your question. You know, the one tip about, uh, about digital marketing is putting out content and being authentic with it, not just putting out sales material saying, you know, buy from me, you know, you know, buy from us, things like that, but actually putting out something of value. And, you know, that's when people will actually come back to you. And I think that's really the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest, uh, you know, takeaway from it is that it's not just a question of, you know, let's create a five page website. That's, you know, that's like a brochure. Awesome. you know, so if that's the case, then great, you know, but then no one will see it. Right. And, you know, that's really a shame because then you're doing your own business a disservice. I think that's phenomenal. So Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Um, Definitely uh, been a pleasure having you on the show. So thanks for coming on. It was, it was, uh, it was a great honor. Thank you so much, Terrell. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the Business Talk Library is the place where business makes sense.